Continuing in our series, Leap of Faith, and of course, as you know, it is All Saints Sunday, and really that is the time to remember the foundations upon which the church is built. Because the church is built upon the souls, the saints who have gone on, and the church is built by those of us who still remain. We are called upon to do our part in any number of ways, uh, to to keep this kingdom alive and well on the sake, for the sake of Christ and certainly in our community and far beyond. And so next week we will have our time of offering our financial commitment to Christ. And really all that is, is continuing to build this foundation so that those who come after us may be equipped to lead a life of faith, even as those who've come before us have helped us lead ours. So this morning I'm going to be reading from the book of Revelation. I'll be in chapter 21, verse, uh, we'll begin with the first verse and go through verse 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first time, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See? The home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Again, gracious God, we give you thanks for your holy word, for the ways that you are revealed in song and spirit and scripture in truth, even in our very lives. So help us this day to be those who embody faithfulness. For it's in the name of Christ we pray, and it's in the name of Christ we live. Amen. So I believe he was a Danish philosopher, Soren Kierkegaard, and he said this. He said, life must be lived forwards and understood backwards. Life must be lived forwards and yet understood backwards. So I want you to think about just for a few moments, what is it you would say to your younger self? Some chuckling, yeah. <laughs> what, what is it you would say to yourself 20 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, 60 years ago? What would you say? To your younger self, what do you know now that you wish you had known way back in the day? 
What do you know now that would have helped you live life more faithfully as your life progressed? I polled the staff and I heard some interesting things for sure. Jason said, don't buy a new car. He also said, stick to your faith even in college, (laughs) maybe especially in college. Kelly said, wear sunscreen. And don't be afraid to change the trajectory of your life. Don't be afraid to go in a new direction if God is leading you in that direction. Tyra said, be more disciplined if you can believe it. Kyle said, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't be so intense. Maybe that's the word I assigned to that. But life is good. Enjoy the ride, if you will. Sherry said, learn from your mistakes. I think it was Billy Joel who said, you learn more from your mistakes than you do from all the years in school, right? What would you say to your younger self? How is it that you would share wisdom with yourself or with others really I mean and that is part of what the saints are called to do how is it that we can share the life of faith share the lessons of life try to live in faith with those who are coming behind us what is the message what is the witness that we can pass on you know some cultures value the words of their elders imagine this beyond even the words of the young I think it's a Native American tribe in Alaska that, that if the tribe is facing starvation, and of course this is in days, hopefully days gone by, if the tribe is facing starvation, the elders eat first because they hold the story of the people. And the younger generations, even as they come on, need to know the story of their people. It is vitally important for those of us who've lived life a little bit longer than some others to share that wisdom in humility in invitation, and in whatever way we think might help those who are coming after us live life more faithfully. Some of us in the church heard a speaker recently, Otis Moss III. He used the language, saints or Christians are those who poke holes in the darkness. And we have the visual here today. How does your life in word and deed poke a hole in the darkness and offer light to enlighten the path of those coming on? It's huge for believers. And today we are in the book of Revelation. It's always a little tricky to preach on Revelation. Everybody has their own ideas about what this book means. Or what the ultimate message is in it. I mean, I know some of you studied it just at the beginning of this year. You can tell me later what you think about it. But, but anyway, we're in the book of Revelation. And what I want us to think about today is that this book obviously comes at the end of the Bible. It's the last book in a long anthology of other books that seek to tell us about the life of God and how it is God interacts with God's people here on earth. So we come to the end of this book, a long, long, long anthology, if you will, a long book, last chapter, one of the last chapters, and we hear these words that I think are so important for those of us who are called to live life forward and yet value understanding life backwards as Kierkegaard put it. So we've come to the end. 
the life well lived. John is exiled onto the island of Patmos. He's looking back over his life and trying to understand the message that God would have him write to believers who would follow. And I know there's all kinds of imagery and and very descriptive words and we have fire and we have beasts and we have predictions based on those. And let me tell you, I don't think that's what the book is about at all. I think John is much more focused on the here and now and how it is we are faithful in the here and now. How it is that we are, as we look backwards, can live life forwards in a more faithful way. So I don't think that it's about predictions. We've seen those come and go. People make money off of promoting things that really, I don't think, make that much difference in how we live based on some of this imagery and and trying to understand it. So I don't think that's it at all. But I do think that the message of Revelation basically sums up the entire book of the Bible. I think that what God would have us learn from Revelation covers the entire book of the Bible from the beginning to the very end. For in it we understand that there is joy and there is pain. In it we understand that there is trial and there is triumph. We understand that there is suffering and the suffering is very real. And yet we also understand there is great victory. Throughout the entire book we hear this message. And yet what John writes in this book are these words that I think are so important. God has seen fit to dwell among mortals. In this text, there is no rapturing up of the people of God, of believers. and We can argue about that some other time. But in this book, in our scripture today, God's heaven comes to earth. God sets up home among mortals. And this is not the first time we've heard this. John is consistent as he looks backwards and how life is to be lived forwards. And if we understand that God has long been present among mortals, then shouldn't that, doesn't that shape how it is we live forwards? Way back in the beginning in Genesis, we can go right to the very beginning. God created this grand earth and called it good. God created this grand earth and called it good. And not only that, guess what? God created human beings and God called us good. God called us good. And and in looking backwards, if we understand ourselves and if we claim ourselves as created in the very image of God, we know that we have endless possibilities for being faithful. Endless opportunities, endless opportunities to be those who again display a God who is willing to set up home on earth. Now, we messed it up. I know that. We get it wrong regularly. But that understanding of life as we look backwards, as we start from the end in Revelation and remember the beginning in Genesis, that understanding reminds us, calls us to our better selves, calls us to be those who act as those who are created in God's image, to be Christ in this world. Because God, again, this happened in Genesis, and yet again, we're going to get to it in a few weeks when we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. And again, as we reflect backwards, we remember, maybe from the perspective of Revelation, beginning in Genesis, but also right there, a little further from the middle, God came among us again. 
in the image of Christ, in the person of Christ, fully divine, fully human, again acknowledging the endless possibilities you and I have to punch holes of light into the darkness around us. What a great calling. What an amazing opportunity. What a privilege to be those who can look backwards over life from the perspective of heaven and know that God calls us to value the here and now. Sometimes I think people put up with the doom and gloom, put up with the negativity, put up with the darkness because they are trusting in eternal glory. And I'm trusting in eternal glory, but I'm not about to put up with darkness here. Because I believe that God wants so much more for us as believers. And God wants to work through us as believers to punch holes in the darkness and offer light to the world even as we follow the light of Christ. I'm not about to settle for anything because I have the perspective of knowing that God wins. That's the message of Revelation. God wins. And it may not be on our timetable. It may not be in the way we want. We might not have pictured how it is. God will claim God's victory. And yet we know because we're looking from the end to the beginning that God wins. And therefore, once again, empowers us to live lives of light. And promise and hope and incarnation of the Spirit of God in the here and now. We don't have to wait for the sweet by and by. God has seen fit to dwell among mortals from the beginning. Amidst all of our messing up and starting over, absolutely sending Christ again, taking on our flesh to be in our midst. To call us forward to live faithfully because we know the end. Life understood backwards gives us reason to live powerfully forwards. A friend of mine, her name is Elizabeth, is what many call actively dying. I've gotten gotten to where I'm scared to turn on my my email to see what, what her next stage has, is, what stage she has entered. But, but in her illness and in these last weeks of her life, she has given such an amazing testimony of how it is the people of God live. She's confident in her future, and yet she doesn't want to let go of the here and now. Even amidst her suffering, even amidst her pain, she so values life that she's still wanting to embrace it and hold on as long as she can. And in that, she has been an incredible witness to the many, many who know her. She went to vote this week. (laughs) Her daughter posted a picture of her sitting in the front seat of her minivan with her IV bag hung up over just next to the uh, rearview mirror. She's not letting go. She wants to make a difference and she's going to vote. And of course, in that, her daughter said, what's stopping you? She went to see Hamilton on Tuesday. I don't know how. Her husband posted a picture of that, chocked her full of fluids, got her in the wheelchair and rolled her in. It wasn't about the show. 
who's about embracing life and being there with her kids, she's not ready to let go because she values the here and now so much. You all know what Caring Bridge is. It's a, a site online that where people who are chronically ill or going through some sort of difficulty, I think it's usually illness, or who have a terminal illness, will go and they'll post things about their journey, their last days, if you will. And Elizabeth went on and posted this week. She said, you know, I've been writing this message for four months and now it's the time to post it. Her fingers are giving way, her, her, she's not focusing with her eyes and so forth. And so she went on and she said, just as you can imagine, amazing words, spoken love for her husband and for her children in their, in their 20s. Love for her friends who have shared this difficult journey, who have laughed and cried with her. And then she said these words that I thought were so powerful. She said, you know, I've studied Eastern religion, and, and there's something to it. Good works, right? Karma. There's, there's something to detachment in terms of letting go, materialism, not counting our things as where we value life or how we find value in and of ourselves. But she said, you know, the thing that I have to push back on as I am facing the end of my days is this encouragement to detach in such a way that the here and now is no longer valuable. I don't want to let go, she said. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to be here with my family. Again, I want to be here even in the suffering. I want to be here to offer just a little more joy. I'm going to be here even in the pain so that I might experience a little more love. I don't want to let go. But I will. Because my time is coming. She in those words, not only offered us how to live, an example of how to live, but in many ways an example of how to die, if we have the choice. She's looking backwards and testimony, testifying to the truth as she knows it, as she has experienced, so that those who know and love her may live forwards. What a gift! a gift in life and death how are we approaching the days that are given to us as gift how are we responding to the time that we are allotted as gift how are we embracing the struggle and the joy the triumphs and the challenges how are we encountering all of it and saying see the home of God is among mortals and this life is important What darkness are you being called to punch a hole in? Because you're still here. And God has seen fit to set up home here. In and through us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. As always, you can find out the latest happenings at Harrison on Facebook or on our website at harrisonchurch.org.